You ever watch your favorite anime that would take a break after a major arc? Do some filler, you get classic moments like Goku and Piccolo driving, or the alien arc in Sailor Moon. This is a filler episode, where everything is at play. And it's a special one, think of it like the back of your comic books when the author pens a letter to his fans. Now, if you don't know, this is a very special episode of Nerds on Hip Hop. It's our one year anniversary! That's right, the Wilson and I uploaded our very first episode on Halloween one year ago today. And if this is your very first episode, welcome. And this podcast is about the intersection of nerd, life, and hip-hop culture. We'll talk about Luke Cage, Custom Robo, Breath of Fire, Cannabuses, they're all fair game. And if any of those names sound familiar to you, you have found a home. I'm Victoria, aka Miss Old School. And I'm the Wolves Den, and welcome to Nerds on Hip-Hop. So this is our one-year anniversary. We've been doing this for a year. This is pretty awesome. I'm happy. It is. <laughs> what would you say is like your first actual memory, either of me asking you to do this? You think? Oh man, I think he kind of just pitched the idea to me, and I was just all over it because, like, obviously I'm a huge nerd. I love hip hop. Like, if anything I can do to talk about these two things at the same time, like, is probably the best thing ever. So, yeah, yeah I, I remember asking you, and I remember I was, like, debating asking you, because this was in the back of my mind for a while. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have anyone to ask. I don't have anyone I can, like, show the podcast with. And I, and I remember for a while, we were talking for a while, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Tori is all right. <laughs> Tori is all right. And I was like, and I think the thing that works is that we're still, even though that we share a lot of similar tastes and so forth, we're still at opposite ends of spectrums. Very and I think, so. I know I've had like people were like, oh, what type of nerd is Victoria? I was like, I mean, we try to break it down. It's like, she is on a different spectrum. It's like, I love, I love the fact that you, we can bring like K-drama into this because that's yes. an untapped thing. And it's, yeah, I was like, I think about that. I think about that you have to listen to trash music for your day job. <laughs> Only sometimes. To keep us relevant. <laughs> this is true. And also, there's just like this whole different perspective. Like, obviously, I come from the South, so I grew up around a lot of Southern music, which I love. And then just getting a natural affinity for more music up North and the West Coast. Just so. And then, yeah, it's really, really awesome. Um, I don't know what kind of nerd I am, though. I am definitely weird. But, yeah. I think that's... I think both that's important, mm-hmm. but I think the other piece that's big to me, and it's, and it's and shown itself over and over again as time has gone on, is that we're both just kind of excited to get further into nerd stuff. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff that... Like, I think you and I have had our, like, comic renaissance this year, where it's, like... Right. Oh. <laughs> so further deeper into this. And it's, like... But because we're charting our progress for that and part of Nerdome for the mm-hmm. first time, mm-hmm. we're just like, oh, we'll try this, we'll try that. And because you're the indie girl, yes, like, you can provide a certain different taste. And because I'm trying to go into the crazy con- continuity life of DC, <laughs> and it's like, that we can is, exchange that like, I think of, like, our comic book exchange that we've been doing. All right, yeah, I still have your Batman comics, which I need to get to. And I need to go through Monstrous myself. But it's like, the more and more I was like, I remember it's like, huh, because you don't get to play video games as much as I do. Right. Even though I don't get to play there anymore because of this degree that I'm pursuing. <laughs> and we do have, like, we're still, like, charting our progress in anime in different, very different ways. Mm. I was like, huh, this is going to work? And I was like, you know what? I think it is, regardless of like all these questions I had in my head. I was like, and we're prone to four-hour conversations, so that's yeah, a thing. That is a thing. I think too. I think we've both talked about this, where this is sort of therapeutic to us, where we kind of like have all these ideas about these things that we're consuming, and we have kind of a gateway to delve more into them and kind of talk about them and gush over them. Yeah, I th- it's cool to have like organized gush time. Yes. Definitely. I think everyone should have organized gush time. Like, I guess that's what book clubs are kind of like. Where you just, like, reading this book and you, like, get together with a bunch of people and you just gush over it. Or you, like, trash talk over it. 
think that's a good point. I think this has been just kind of a, a club, a two-person club <laughs> for us to enjoy hip-hop and nerddom. Because it's quite, I mean, I don't know about you, but at times it feels like I don't get to participate in these things as much because of me pursuing some higher form of education. So it's like, I have to I have to be a, an adult and plan time. But it's like, <laughs> have to I plan, have to plan go time. time. And I was like, oh. I finally get to go to get around to this because it's now a part of something I want to do. That's so true. It's it's a planned playtime, but it's so necessary. <laughs> it's so necessary. Because, <laughs> like, with this, like, I don't know if this year if I would have picked up as many comics as I did if it wasn't like, oh, like, I'll check this out. Like, maybe I can talk about it on the next episode or, you know, like, oh, like, people are talking about this. Let me check this out and, like, get into this conversation. Uh, so, right. Yeah, so it's... it's it's been feeding itself, almost. <laughs> I think so. And did you have, like, as I said, I had all these thoughts and hesitancies. I was like, did you have any questions from your end when I first pitched it to you? I mean, you kind of answered it because you were, like, I would, she was like, why'd you, why'd you choose me? But it's like, Victoria's all right. So I guess that, <laughs> that's, that's about it. That's, that's all I need. <laughs> Victoria's all right. Victoria's She's all right. <laughs> <laughs> done that's all we need but i mean i guess our book club has kind of grown a little bit like we've we've gotten some listeners we've gotten some questions we got some followers maybe a little bit maybe a little bit i mean i i'm excited for like how many people showed interest but today right me too so normally oh we would head into and on a normal episode, um, this is your first time listening, we usually go into the nerdy stuff we've been consuming or the hip-hop artists that we've delved into, but for this episode, we decided to change it up a little bit. Um, usually, we do open up for questions during our usual episodes, but this one we're doing all, an- we're answering questions throughout the whole thing. Um, so here we go. <laughs> so, so uh, the first question comes from Nisha. Nice. But yeah. she asked, wait, did I pronounce it incorrectly? A little bit, but it's fine. Naisha. <laughs> I'm sorry, Naisha. <laughs> Forgive me. But she, she asks what our favorite anime is. So I'm going to let you go first. Because I mean, it's an yeah. easy answer. It is a very, very easy answer. Anyone who knows me probably knows this answer. Um, my favorite anime of all time is Sailor Moon. I should have said something different just to throw you off. <laughs> I was waiting for you to try to at least tell me One Piece. Not yet. I haven't finished One Piece, so I can't say that yet. But it's it's a great show. I, I think actually the if I had to choose a second, it'd probably be like Cowboy Bebop, a girl and log on. Okay. Yeah. So One Piece doesn't even crack that era for you. I can't fully judge it because I haven't caught up yet. And it I hasn't mean, ended. If you were to only judge an anime based on your caught upness, like in a lot of other series that's a fair argument in what, 800 episode anime? That's not really a fair assessment to what, say. What if it does like a bleach thing when it just starts getting terrible? I'm pretty sure you would have heard that about One Piece by now. Well, it's no, not I'm not saying it com- does, but I don't know how much longer One Piece is going to go on to. Like, what if it's a great 800 episodes, but then, like, the next 800 are, like, complete trash? Do you really think that's going to happen? It could. I, that's not the question whether like, could I actually think that's going to really happen. 50-50. That's still very high. You don't have hope for that series. I do have much hope for that series. But like anything can happen. Like, what if the creator doesn't make it, you know? What if he just decides to do something different? I mean, what if you... Like, in my mind, I'm like, unless you get eight, 800 episodes of Trash, which is highly unlikely. It is unlikely. Think that. But it's okay, it's fair. I understand. I mean, I get it. It's Sailor Moon. I've been trying to convince you that you're going to like other magical girl stuff better because we've had this argument already. Possibly. Yeah, we, we have had the argument. I don't know if I would. But yeah, no, Sailor Moon is it. Um, I just, I grew up with it. it. It hits home a lot. Like I've mentioned before that I really identify with Serena slash Usagi. Um, I think it's a great show. That just has like hits a lot of different areas. Like it's feminism, it's 
love, it's romantic, it's funny. It's just a really good show. And clones. It's what? And clones. <laughs> I'm sorry, she spoiled the plot point and she made it sound as bad as a Spider-Man clone song. I made it sound awesome, A, B... You're just simplifying it. If you've watched Sailor Moon before, she, well, I guess maybe I shouldn't tell them. I mean, it's not... It's I guess it's kind of a big... I don't know. It's a decent plot... Like, if it wasn't me, it would be a big plot point. Mm. I'm just thinking that the plot point is terrible. That. Anyway, what's your favorite anime? <laughs> so I'm not going to do movies, because I would list probably several Makoto Shinkai films, but the answer really is Tatami Galaxy. And it goes back to the simple point. It's like, Tatami Galaxy changed my undergrad life. Really. Life. If you, uh, I'll, I'll keep pitching it this way. If you've ever felt uh, like a malaise about life, like struggling to change life, at, during undergrad and you're like worried about your future and thinking about if you, make, you made the wrong decision, buckle down for a week and watch all of Tatami Galaxy. And I can guarantee you, the actions that you make after watching Tatami Galaxy will be different. At least that's how I responded. I have never felt that vigorously about recontextualizing my life through an anime in that way. Or at least it has never yielded the results that, like, oh, Marcus Wolf became way more social. Marcus Wolf did all these things. So, it has to be Tatami Galaxy. That's deep. Uh, our next question comes from Donette, who asks us, what is the best Biggie song? Uh-huh. I'm going to go first, because I'm going to admit that I don't have as a big connection to Biggie like most people do. Hmm. And I think I've talked about it on this podcast that I actually bought Ready to Die for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. So I've been still spending time with that per album. So the actual song I'm going to say is actually technically not a Biggie track, but most people listen to it because of Biggie Versus, is Victory, which is actually on the Puff album in 97, which I forgot the name of the album. And Biggie's verses on that are great, and I remember, I think specifically he has this line as like, uh, I'm, I'm like Mike, I think I'm, I perform like Mike, Jordan, Jackson, Action, like Jordan, Jackson, Tyson, pick one, action pat guns ridiculous like and i and what's funny is that i heard that line in 2009 and it was split by a terminology i was like that line is tight and then i heard someone is like you know that's a biggie line i was like word <laughs> and then i've gone back on some tracks like yo that that video is crazy everything about that is yeah that's a great track so that's really cool Mine's is Suicidal Thoughts. Um, just because before I heard that song, I kind of knew Biggie only for, I guess, his more popular songs, like, you know, Juicy, Crush on You, etc., etc. Um, and then I heard someone play that song for me, and it was just like, whoa, like, completely different sound. And it really made me start to appreciate Biggie and his l- lyricism, because he's just, like, delving into this really serious topic and... Um, painting a really like amazing picture like he's really good he's a really great storyteller but just like that when I really like remember seeing it and just like feeling what he was going through and then just the end of the song where he just ends it with I'm sick of talking like it's just the perfect ending I think to a lot of songs any song probably most songs it's a really good ending so yeah to end off with So we have another song, uh, another, another song, another question from Michael, who asks, so on the song Deadly Combination by Tupac and Big L, um, do we think that they're really in the same room together? Um, have they even met or did someone just piece songs they did separately? Um, I actually didn't know much about the song before, I'll be honest, but I did do some digging. Uh, it seems that it was definitely a separate thing. On uh, the beginning of the song, there's some guy who goes, it's a mixed king. Um, and then the Tupac verse is from another song. I forgot the name of it. So definitely something that was pieced together. Um, but I don't know if they've ever met. That's, I don't know. I think, I think that's relatively likely. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, 
it wasn't a podcast. It was actually the guys over at Hip Hop uh, DX. They do a thing called the Breakdown, mm. and they broke down the kind of run-ins between uh, De La Soul and Pac, mm. which means that he was in New York when certain things when certain rap, certain things were going down. Talking about uh, what well, that's nineties. Three ninety yeah. right he around is, balloon mind state era. They lost. There's no reason not to believe that he would not have ran into Big L like Big L De La Soul. Like that's I mean that there are different boroughs. Was like the mm-hmm. connection to be a part of that world wouldn't be unlikely to me. Yeah, I don't think so either. Especially like Tupac. Yeah, he like was in New York for like a good part of his early career. So I could easily see them running into some similar circles, like you said. Um, so yeah, so maybe. <laughs> but I think, as you said, the consensus is kind of that it is a piece together song. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. I mean, I I think Tupac's verse has kind of lend itself well for that, and Big L too. Um, you know, like that whole Tupac duets tape is really dope just for that alone. I feel so weird about like songs that are like unofficially mixed together, even if they're good. This feel odd to me. It's like it's not the official thing. Like I know Biggie has an entire like I think it's called Born Again. I was like I don't even want to hear that. Mm. It's just not it. Yeah, it, but yeah, it depends for me. Like I love mashups. Like especially when it's an old artist who like would never like they have like Alicia Keys and Tupac mashups or or Tupac and Adele mashups. Where these artists, I mean, obviously because Tupac may or may not be dead. No, <laughs> um, would never like collaborate with these artists. So it's kind of cool to see these two people come together in a way that we would otherwise not be able to hear. But it, it's good when it works well. I think. I guess I'm a stickler for like official albums, not necessarily official songs. But like this is a sanctioned album because it it feels so. Yeah, we're not getting into that because yeah. the whole conversation of itself. That's true. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, let's go to the next question. This comes from Castrio. She asks, do you think Chop, Chop has a place in hip-hop, given the fact that there are so many not negative connotations associated with it, and isn't Killer Mike just awesome? I'll answer the second part first. Yes, Killer Mike is awesome. It's yeah. Killer Mike. He's... Yeah. And the more and more I've kind of grown to really realize how great he has, is at rapping, but I am not the biggest Ronda Jules fan. Like, you at least for me, I have to be in a mood for it. Mm. Like I'm not always in a run. Like that is the most energetic, rawest hip hop that I hear on a year on a like a semi yearly basis. Was like I'm not always in the mood for that. That makes sense. That's the first question: Do you think trap has a place in hip hop? Yeah, even if I don't like much of it, and I, and I think that when you talk about the negative connotations associated with it, I don't think you can ask. I don't think you could expect of hip hop not to deal with issues of drug trade involved mm-hmm. at all. I mean, I'm looking. If I look back at my album collection behind me, I'm talking about like what Cool G Rap was talking about the same thing. Right. Um, even Wu Tang was dealing. So it's like mm-hmm. it. That is just the way that they approach dealing with those issues is different. Yeah. And I usually think I just don't like the traps sound a lot. And it's usually because a lot of rappers don't do anything with it. Like part of the thing I've grown to realize is that if a rapper's going to rap over it well, it'll work out even if it's a trap song. Like it really comes down to that. I don't really get into the whole melody the arguments where a lot of people kind of cite themselves of like the, the innovation of trap i mean maybe i'm just really not seeing it but i don't really get into that conversation because i feel like a lot of people who are saying that aren't really people who are that deep into music to talk about melody innovation but that's just me maybe i think i've had heard that argument though from people who are a little bit more but i think maybe it's it's been more me reading articles and kind of like saying trap is like this new thing and like they're breaking barriers or in a, definitely in a, being innovative, but um, let's go back. I do also think like trap has a place in hip hop, like whether you like like it or not. Um, 
hip-hop has many 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 different subgenres. um there's some other ones i don't like but yeah it definitely has its place i, I do like some trap though not all trap but i think it's good it can be good when it's good and it, it serves its purpose right like i've heard trap songs i like so it's there it's doable <laughs> that is really surprising to me <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> and also i agree that killer mike is just very awesome So, I guess next question. Um, another question from Naisha, who gave us two questions. So awesome, awesome. Thank you, Naisha. Um, what artist album made you fall in love with hip hop? Brown sugar, hashtag. <laughs> there are two albums. I, I do So, either I'm going to say Will Smith's Big Willie style, because I would not even have waited to find a hip-hop album afterwards without that being the kind of inception of the idea that I can like hip-hop. And then the college dropout made me decide that hip-hop is a part of my life. Forever. Ever, ever? Ever, ever? Ever, ever? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so those, it's one, one of those two are my answers. I don't know which one to pick, so I'm going to let you go. That makes sense. Um... I'm going to go more with artist than album because I know it's Tupac and Rakim. I remember watching this VH1 documentary called And You Don't Stop where they played Tupac's Keep Your Head Up. And before I did, I, I liked hip-hop a lot. and I, I probably even loved hip-hop, but I never felt a connection to it as deeply until I heard that song. So it was just like, whoa, just like, it's the first time I really understood that like hip-hop can like open your mind to, like, different ideas or, like, kind of bring these ideas to you or whatever. Um, and then I think Rakim is really what made me appreciate, like, rhyming and skills. Um, when I heard, like, I ain't no joke, it was just like, whoa, this guy is, like, using metaphors and similes and just, like, going crazy, like, rapping, 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 rapping. So between those two, like, those two things, I grew an appreciation for hip-hop. Through those artists. I think that's a good segue to the next question. Yeah, that's pretty doozy. <laughs> Victoria and I had to come up with a list of the top 10 albums, which we're assuming is hip hop because she uses the word old school and new school, and I don't usually hear that used for any of the genre. Yes. And what we decided to do is that. Victoria's going to pick five, I'm going to pick five, and we're just going to mix the list together, and that'll be the ten. Fine. So I'm going to let you go pick, you're going to pick one first, and then we'll go back and forth. Okay. So, of course, I mean, hands down, has to be Missy Education of Lauren Hill, because it's amazing. Um, just historically amazing. Great album. Lauren Hill is legendary. I think this album kind of touched a lot of people. It's always going to be regarded as one of the like greatest albums of all time um and it's just like personal to me like i love lauren like probably would name her third in this list um i think she was one of the artists like i fell in love with but i didn't realize i was falling in love with hip-hop when i fell in love with her album um, yeah. i think my first pick on this list is going to be something i never thought i'd put on this list but the more and more i think about it it's probably right it's probably going to be Big Daddy Kane, Long Live the Kane. Ooh. And, and I think about, like, the, the lyricism and, the, like, the lyrical dexterity that he implemented on that album. And just how much a lot of those sounds really have aged well. Like, I've been going back to a lot of, like, other other, other albums, and they're either, even when they give you lyrics, it's a lot more darker and murky. His album is not seeped in that, and there are a lot of really great joints on that project. Even like the hip hop love song that he did on that, like, oh man, and the tracks like Raw is there, like, and you can know that the way that we look at rap is traced back to people like him and Rakim. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna say something weird on it because I know it's on your list, so I want to okay. segue to your your pick. Okay, I don't like that album that you're picking as much as you do really so i, I would 
if I were to think comparing Rakim and Kane right now, I would say long live the Kane is better than what your next pick is. Wow. Um. So I picked Don't Sweat the Technique for Eric B and Rakim. Uh, I do think you're... I think that's a sentiment a lot of people have, to be honest. Like, this isn't a favorite of a lot of people who are fans of Rakim. They might pick right. something else. Um, Follow the uh, or uh, Paid in Full. Yeah, probably Paid in Full. Um, I had a weird introduction to Rakim. So, for me, Don't Sweat the Technique, like, has a lot of songs that I, like, grabbed on too quickly like i love teach the children i love what's on your mind i love know the ledge and of course know the ledge is amazing know the ledge is amazing so um, don't think i'm like clowning the album but i would have <laughs> never really thought to throw it in a top 10 at all yeah i, I think this album does for me what i was mentioning before like it kind of combined like rock Kim's like ability for like being a really great lyrical rapper and tupac's like giving you something to think about because a lot of rock him songs are like just talking about like i'm the best and here's why i'm the best and i'm rapping this awesome because i'm the best <laughs> and this album he kind of opens it up a little bit more talks about a lot of different things like he has his love song he has he's talking about war he's talking about like you know passing down education to like the next generation um know the ledge i guess is talking more like about like violence and like you know what or not even violence but like you know uh, how do you explain that? I don't even know. Like, I'm I'm trying to explain about saying like going too close to the edge, <laughs> <laughs> but just you know not getting ahead of yourself, I guess, and not getting caught up in a lot of things that can get us caught up in in trouble. Right. Right. So yeah, so I think it's just like upbeat. It's fun, but it's also lyrical and conscious, quote unquote. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. So, so I guess it's my second pick now, right? Yep. I third pick. <laughs> wait, third pick. Oh wait, no, this is your first pick. I'm sorry. I mean, your second so, pick. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I am going to go with. I mean, it would be unfair to do a list without saying Illmatic. Yes. <laughs> and. I don't know what I can say about Illmatic that has not been said, besides words have never... Words words rarely have been as precise and non-wasted on the album like he has on that. Mm, that is very That's all I'm going to say. Like, you're on a hip-hop podcast, you're going to hear the words Illmatic eventually, so... Definitely, no, no questions asked. Um, which... I guess this isn't really a segue, but... <laughs> I don't no. think you can go through a list without College Dropout either. You could. Could you? I think... Maybe you could. Let you finish? Wow, that was bad. Let you finish, but... <laughs> Just go. <laughs> but late <laughs> registration was a better option. <laughs> Lemonade. <laughs> I literally can't believe I just did that. Just go. College stuff, proud. Kanye would be proud. Um, yeah, I just think, like, it was just, an, I know a lot of people, like, it's an introduction to, like, great hip-hop for a lot of people. Like, it, it was sort of like a gateway album for another other people, especially at the time it came, where we kind of had a lot of, what was it, snap music, a lot of ringtone music, kind of completely shifted um, hip-hop, so... Game changer for sure between this and the cool, but yeah, for me, like College Drop, I was super personal. Like, great album, great track list, like every song on there, all the skits, just complete total great album. It is, and there's a reason why, as I said, it's part of what made me fall in love with hip hop. But but, si but since I already knew you had that, I can't pick that out. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, uh, so what I'm gonna do is pick the other like major hip hop album after Kanye, and that is Food and Liquor. And all I can think of are certain. I mean, you have what Kick Push, which is just a cool story in its own. You got Emperor Soundtrack, and then you got like American Terrorist. 
that there, yeah there's too much on this uh hurt me soul hurt me soul specifically is forever the song that i never thought i'd hear a rapper pen yeah. i was like he i never thought someone would get like that perspective like i every, every time i hear that first verse I, what is it? I used to hate hip hop because the woman degraded, but too short made me laugh like a hypocrite. I played it at his stadium, but I only recited half. Like, and I was like, it goes back to like, Will Smith had planted the seed of me falling in love with hip hop, but there was a lot of like tension about whether or not I'd end up liking it my own. Mm-hmm. I remember like how I felt weird for falling in love with an album that had, uh, when I fell in love with Dropout, I was like, I hate the track, uh, Breathe In, Breathe Out with him and Lupe, like, particularly because of, like, the same thing that Lupe was talking about. I was like, I never thought an artist would exclaim, share that, much less of their debut album. Right, yeah, definitely can't make a list about that, probably, maybe not. Um, I'm gonna go back a bit. We've been in 2000, right. the mid-2000s for a while. Um, Midnight Martyrs, Martyrs, Tribe Called Quest. Why are you giving me that look? <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised because you didn't type it down, but I'm not surprised because it is Midnight Marauders. <laughs> right. Um, no, I was thinking, I was trying to think. I knew I wanted to put a Tribe album. I just couldn't decide which one. Um, but I think this this is it for me just because, like, I love a war tour. Suck it inward is great. Electric re- relaxation hot sex like it's just like a really fun album i think it does a lot of what it's just one of tribe's best albums like i don't know i don't know is there anything else to say about <laughs> about that I mean, yeah you could agree probably i think at this rate with a lot of people although i'm going to be a person who says i don't love people's instinctive travels hmm. so i'm like i'm not going to say that but most i know for a lot of contingencies there's a lot of people would say that every tribe album probably could fill up half of this list that's very true because i mean it was it was between that and the low end theory for me right and yeah but yeah well, how, how close was low end theory it was pretty you? close i i literally counted the let's see i counted the number of songs that like really impacted me compared it and i think it was like 10 to like 12 or something <laughs> or i mean not even okay. fair enough, fair enough. Mm-hmm. that's back on me yes i'm gonna say this and this is probably like this is always an argument for me for like favorite album ever mm. and that is going to be mf doom's mm food mm. i I remember when I was listening to this album and I was just confused about what is it about like the Doom persona that we like? Like why do we appreciate him and a lot of it took a long time for it to click, but the moment that it did, I I was just realized there's no one who will rap like Doom. And it's particularly because he has this ability at times to go off and stay on beat. Or he'll just say certain things that is like there's a song, uh, Deep Fried Friends, and there are, like, so many quotables about, like, the friendship and how, like, what it means to really be close to people, and it's like, I'll never forget that. I'll think about, uh, songs, like, get quoted now because of how things go on Twitter with rappers about, like, uh, uh, Rap snitches, like telling all their business, being the court, being their own star witness, see the perpetrator, yeah, I'm right here, like, and it's the most, like, there's the whole thing that happened with, I think, Bobby Schmurda, where you get sent to jail because of your own song. Yeah. And he was called out in 2004. Like, his, lyric, his lyrics, and it, like, he has a dexterity, he has these, all those things, but it's like, he's just very clever with the ideas that he comes up with. And I think that album, for me, I can consistently play all the way around, like, one beer, like, actually a song that describes being drunk in a more comedic like there's too many great moments on that album so, so that's sure sorry. i'm 50 50 on my last choice um 
kind of because I want to add something semi-new. Um, so I'm between Blues Below the Heavens, which is actually an EP or, yeah, or a mix slash mixtape, not really an album. It's an album. It's, it's an album. It, it is, yeah, it is. Um, or, and I hope this isn't your last pick, um, Kendrick to Pimp a Butterfly. I thought about that, but I have a strange feeling you would give up to that, so that's not on my last pick. Okay, so I think I'm going to go with Kendrick. Oh, I don't know, see, it's hard. It's so hard, but I think, I'm going to say Kendrick, just because I feel like it held so much more historical relevance than Blue. Um, just because of the content it goes through, just because of who Kendrick is and what he represents. Um, plus, you have like the crazy like interview with Tupac at the end. Super ambitious, super like um, innovative. That word might be overused, but yeah. Then like I think I don't think there's really any song on that album where I skip. Like it's the same thing with Below the Heavens, but. I, I can listen to that whole album, and I have listened to that whole album, like, through and through, like, continuously, like, back to back um, for a while, and I'm still, like, I, I probably, I haven't revisited it in a while, but I'm not tired of it, either. I just, like, have other albums. <laughs> I need to listen to other music at some point in life. So, I think... So, I, so I, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. And... You saying that has made me feel tougher about what I was about to say. <laughs> what are you going to say? Like, there's an album that I was going to say with, with the expectation of picking between that and uh, Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. So I'm stuck between two albums. I think I'm just going to go with the other one and I'll just make a notable reference for the other. So that what I'm definitely going to go with, because I think that I would be lying to myself if I didn't put it on this list, is Commons Beat. I think Ooh. I would be lying to myself if I didn't give him. I would too. <laughs> and you could easily pick between that and like Water for Chocolate, but mm. I go back to Be More. I think about the food all the time. I think about Faithful. The amount of times that I have thought about the track Faithful, either thinking about ever dating someone or be thinking about my relationship with God, like, mm. yeah, that, that, that song. Uh, they say, like, if I ever get tired of, like, modern Kanye, I go back to They Say Kanye. And <laughs> it's important because They Say Kanye is not that different from modern Kanye, but it's just better. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a lot of great moments on this album, and I really, I feel bad for leaving off the other album, the album that I think gave birth to, uh, to Pimp a Butterfly, which is actually, I think, is Outcast's Aquemini. If you really listen to the sound of Aquemini, I think that birthed, and it's not the only album that birthed it, but I really think, when you listen to that, I mean, go listen to Pimp a Butterfly, you, you can tell that Kendrick was listening to a lot of Outcast at that time. It's funny, because I was going to name The Love Below. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Um, but, I didn't. Yeah, I, I was also going to list, uh, Liquid Swords by Jizzle, but mm. we could we, we would be here yeah. forever if we wanted to do every album that we think deserves to be on this list. It's like almost impossible for a hip hop head to do a top ten albums list. Like it is and it isn't, but that's right, I mean, even between had, us. Hmm? And you and I only had five. We only had five, and in between the two of us, I think we did a total list of twelve just now because we kind of like. I was like, yeah, it's Kendrick, but I also like Below the Heavens, and you're like. Yeah, I like Commons V, but also like Water for Chocolate was <laughs> was kind of it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go. So, that, so let's let's recite our little pen that's here now. Okay. I'll go through my five. It's Long Live the Cane, Illmatic, Food and Liquor, Mmm Food, and B. I have Miseducation of Lauren Hill, College Dropout, Don't Sweat the Technique, Midnight Martyrs, and. Kendrick to pimp, to pimp a butterfly. Um, yeah, and I think this is a good segue to my friend Peter, who asks this question. It is. So he asks what my favorite Doom is, and we already talked about what my favorite Doom album is. Mm-hmm. But just to say, I've heard 
Mm Food, I've heard of Victor Vaughn, I've heard Operation Doomsday, and I've heard of Occult Hymn. I think there's another joint I've made sure I heard. Uh, Mad Villainy, obviously. Yes. And I'm actually, as I said, my favorite was Mm Food, but obviously Mad Villainy is not far behind. Tracks like Strange Ways always get quotables for me. There's another track off of Mad Villainy that's off the top of my head where he raps as Victor Vaughn, which is crazy in of itself. Like, that's when I started realizing how really clever Doom was to, like, be able to spit in different voices and go back and forth with personas that make sense. There's that. There are tracks, like, uh, off of a cult hymn, which I loved, which is that uh, Sofa King, which is hilarious. Like, Doom... <laughs> Doom is just so eclectic. I mean, I mean, there are guest verses all over the place that Doom's done. Doom's done stuff with uh, the joint that he did with uh, with uh, Royce and DJ Premier last year. The song that he did with Zarface. Like, yeah, I love Doom. Doom is, for all to intents and purposes, Doom is, as far as I'm concerned, the best rapper of all time. No, I can, I can definitely agree with that. Like, he, if someone said he was the greatest, like, I don't know if I could argue with them with for that. Um, but my favorite is Rhymes Like Dimes uh, from Operation Doomsday. Favorite track. Um, I've kind of delved into Doom in a weird way. I don't think I've listened to an entire album. I've kind of, like, skipped around songs, listened to singles here and there, songs here and there kind of, like, went down the YouTube rabbit hole with him, um, and then just, like, held on to, like, those songs that I really liked. Uh, but for me, I love Rhymes Like Dime just because it's really funny. Um, I think, but at the same time, like, it does, like, what he does usually, like, he makes, like, something sound silly, but it's also kind of serious. I think that's just one of the most underrated features. I think that's just that a lot of, there's a lot of arguments about, like, a lot of like, I don't want to say new fans, but like newer hip hop fans don't get it. Part of it is that a lot of the humor, like, forget the technical ability, I think a lot of the humor just doesn't connect with them. And I was like, I think if you don't get the humor of Doom, you're missing out on a half spot. I completely agree. Completely agree. Like, he's super clever and just really, like, funny at some point like even like this like like rhymes like dimes like it rhymes like even like you mentioned like sofa king like just really really good stuff um so yeah that's that's mine Dun. our last question is which is a great question from lloyd which do you prefer to listen to east coast rap west coast rap or rap from the south uh in the 90s Actually, that makes it a lot easier. Oh, it kind of makes it harder, too. I don't know. So I'm, I'm going to go first. I, I will just admit my East Coast bias up front. There, like, the more and more I've felt like studying and going back to hip-hop greats, I usually, and it's not always, but I was like, when I think of like the most important albums of all time that people talk about and so forth, it always starts with New York artists. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it be people talking about LL Cool J, people talking about De La Soul, people talking about Nas, people talking about Cool G Rap. Like, it is always this, I mean, you don't even get into the Biggie conversation, you don't get into J conversation. Like, when you start listing out artists that, especially if you're a person who likes to go do their, quote-unquote, do their homework like I like to do, I... It feels like the '90s gets a lot of descriptions. It's not to say that West Coast doesn't, but like even cats who I know who love West Coast, they don't talk about corrupt a lot. They don't talk about Rash Cast. They don't talk about DOC. Guys, when I was like, I'm planning to do those guys, but like historically, they don't get mentioned as much. So it's like I don't have an attachment to go back to them yet. Like when I first started going back. Because I always remember I would open, I this is literally what I did. I picked up the Kanye after I fall, fell in love with College Dropout. 
I looked at all the featured artists. I looked at all the artists that were referenced. I was like, okay, I need to listen to Tribe. I need to go f- listen to a Kawali song. I need to go listen to a Most Def song. I need to go, like, I just kept on tracing the blueprint. And it's funny because he didn't, his blueprint did not lead me back to Chicago <laughs> as much. His blueprint led me to New York. So it's funny because, so I'm looking at our list now because I was like, huh, like, what did we actually choose? And it's mostly East Coast and Chicago. <laughs> like, actually, all of those. Except for Kendrick, he's West Coast, actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I am also East Coast, I would say. Um, for similar reasons, just because I think the most of the songs and the stuff that I love tends to be very East Coast. Like, especially, like, we're talking 90s, like, Most Deaf and Common and even 90s Common. Um, Yeah. Just everybody. <laughs> And I've been trying to do, I've been working on my bias of the South a lot, but it's not, it's not relatively easy. So I, I bought a, I, I, I like, I love Outkast, but mm-hmm. loving Outkast doesn't mean that you love the South. They're not the only Southern representative people. Right. Because I had, you also have Trick Daddy. <laughs> Which, not, I mean, let's not do that. Let's not, not do that, that okay. on our celebration, okay. please. Okay. Let's not let's not destroy <laughs> our celebration of talking about Trick Daddy. Yeah, right. But I I I think back to last year where I bought uh, UGK's Underground Kings double album that they released in '06, mm. and I bought the album because they have one song on here that I heard. I was like, okay, the rest of the album has to be great, which is a uh, quit hating the South. Which <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. Speaking you told me to quit hating the South, I'll go buy your album and try to like the South. And it didn't, it didn't do it, it didn't go all the way there for me. Like, I started realizing why people like Pim C, I get why people like Bundy, but I didn't hear a verse there as I wanted to be like, oh, I'm going to start quoting stuff from that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going to keep doing work. I mean, there are other guys from, like, Devin the Dude down there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm guaranteed that there are song people there for me. I mean, you got Scarface. I mean, The Fix is a great album, but I don't gonna be a harder trip for me to love the south i have a strange feeling that when i do more of like west coast stuff i'm gonna like it a lot more than the south that's interesting actually no it's not i guess yeah that makes sense that does make sense and i think we did kind of like find an appreciation for the south too when we watch organized noise yes there's also that aspect as well but um yeah i think outside of like dre and tupac and snoop which I guess is like big three. <laughs> um, I don't know much about the West as I should, as far as like re- like albums go. So right. it's like East Coast by default almost. Like everything else, I kind of know more like singles or like a song here and there. But with the East Coast, I think I know more albums. Yeah, I, I think and I think that's the hard part to fix because I feel like we don't. And maybe this is just our problem, but I don't think a lot of artists do that either which is try to be like oh like i feel like there's been this rebellion against like 90s hip-hop but i really think what they really want to say they're trying to rebel against 90s east coast hip-hop which would be fine if they were like no you need to listen to this west coast album or that west coast album like that's not really the conversation we get and i think we'd be a lot more interesting if that's where this conversation went yeah, because I think that is, it is very much about East Coast, like, you'll hear, like, the the things, or, like, the Sugar Hill Gang or something like that, or, like, something or like, like that. Like, when people say, like, I don't like that dusty music, mm-hmm. they don't mean West Coast. Yeah, they definitely don't. Like, they'll still bump California Love. <laughs> right. But, yeah, they're not, like, trying to be, like, hip-hop Jews or something. Yeah, they're not, they're not, they're, they're, they're angry at Jer- Jeru Dimaggio, they're not angry at <laughs> Who can be angry at Jeru Damage? We're not going to get into that. (laughs) But I want to ask you, like, do you have any, like, last words that you want to share with me or the audience? Is that it? Is this what? Is this going to be our last episode? (laughs) No, it's not our last episode, but, like, (laughs) this is our letter to the fans. This is, like, something we can share. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Forever and ever, ever, ever. Um... 
thank you for listening. And if you're listening, you know, we definitely appreciate it. Love it. Um, if you want to send us questions, Ella sent us questions. Um, I don't think I have anything to add. I mean, if more nerdy questions, if you want to send those that are, that are, if you want to send that our way, that'd be awesome too. More hip hop questions. Like we're always down to answer things. Yeah, I would like to just throw out, like, if you have ideas for other poses we can do, let us know. We've been trying to create a pool of, like, photos to replicate, and most people saw us replicate Danconia, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, for sure, like, yeah, because, you know, I'll I'll post it up in the YouTube caption, or in the description, put a link to it, and you can see it, you know, or Danconia, and if you have something else you want us to replicate, we'll try our best and I want, so just like you, I wanted to say thank you to the listeners. It means means a lot to us that you stuck with us thus far in, through our terrible sound sometimes and <laughs> through us trying to figure out a good, consistent release schedule, which is something that she and I are still working out, but doctoral degrees don't do themselves. <laughs> That's all I can say.